Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today's episode is not going to be on YouTube because it is actually just me. I just realized I haven't done a solo episode since September of 2019, which is crazy and amazing because that means I've been planning and scheming behind the scenes to get amazing guests. But this past week, I wasn't going to do an episode. I was going to take a little vacay from the podcast. However, I was doing my notes and I had such an aggressive amount of things I needed to talk about that I planned to talk about on my Tuesday episode. But then I realized there's there's about two weeks worth of stuff that I haven't talked about. So I said, you know what? Let me just take one for the team. I'm going to do a solo episode. I don't know if it'll be good. I'm a little rusty, so bear with me. But I'm really excited to do this again. It, it, it feels right to be monologuing alone in my home um, for strangers to listen to. It feels really good. Up top, I just wanted to say thank you to Heather from Long Island, who has been an amazing supporter of the show, and she actually won the gift bag full of Bravo swag, which was a cute-ass big candle with any Cohen's face on it. They gave me pizza, your old troll pizza cutter, which, again, she is so sweet. She was like, I heard you fangirling one of the items in the box. You could totally keep it if you want it. It was really hard to not accept that offer, but I'm trying to be a bigger and better person. It's 2020. I'm... I'm just growing, you know? So I want to thank you and anybody who is interested in seeing my beautiful face on YouTube and my guest's beautiful face. I shouldn't just say it's mine. And our silly facial expressions and all of the above. Head over to YouTube and subscribe to Bravo Happy Hour. And I am not really sure what my YouTube journey is going to be, but I'm going to give it like six months. And if no one's biting, then kicking it to the curb and focusing on new things because that is what pivoting really looks like. Anyways, thank you again. And also, if you're new to the show, hey, welcome. My name is Megan. I'm a New York City broad living in Brooklyn right now. I'm 26, turning 27 in September, which is kind of amazing. I have a full-time job working as a producer at a media company. So my weeks are kind of psycho, which is why, fortunately... The last few weeks, I've been very, very wishy-washy on this show. Sorry for being inconsistent. That is not who I am. 
But this week, which is 4th of July weekend, I have four bonus episode recording time slots. So that's going to be a month worth of amazing bonus episodes. And I promise to get back on my game for the remaining um, forever (laughs) for the casual news episodes. And as I was actually reorganizing this one, I think I might actually be reorganizing the flow of the show. So I'll be seeing some new things I've got up my sleeve because this show has been on for about a year and nine months, which means we're moving into our terrible twos and I'm starting to feel it. I'm definitely getting a little fatigued. And I think if you heard me on the show, you probably know that It does take a lot of work and oftentimes when there are major things going on in the world, sitting around talking about Pete Hunziker from Bravo, that one, nobody knows, and two, nobody cares about, is a little bit draining, especially when I have other things going on in my life and I'm trying to like be a normal person, like date, go out, meet people. I mean, meet people with a mask on and like also meeting people. Who the fuck am I meeting right now? Anyways, I'm rambling. Let's just jump right into news. Enjoy today's show, and if you hate it, keep it to yourself. (laughs) And also, I'm going to actively try to not curse as much. A really sweet mom wrote on my reviews that I should curse less because her daughter is picking things up like a sponge, and she can't play my show in front of her because she knows I drop F-bombs, C-bombs, really atomic bombs all throughout the episode. So I'm going to make a conscious effort. I was going to do some sort of donation thing associated with cursing. Then I realized I would go absolutely broke paying my editor, my business manager, and any other bill in my life if I agreed to do that. So maybe we could do some sort of donation thing another time, but that is not linked with my cursing. Anyways, let's just jump right into the news. This week on the chopping block, we have Pete Hunziker from Below Deck Mediterranean, who is a one-season wonder, was recently terminated a couple weeks ago uh, by Bravo and 51 Minds, which is the production company. And Bravo came out with a statement saying, Pete of Below Deck Med has been terminated for his racist post. Bravo and 51 Minds are editing the show to minimize his appearance for subsequent episodes. So the unit has got to go. One, any guy who calls himself the unit and then calls his boss sweetheart, instant fire. Also, does anybody remember the unit from Jersey Shore? This past weekend, I was at the Jersey Shore and all of my friends were like, maybe at the night, maybe in the nighttime, we should watch the Jersey Shore. And so we watched three seasons because it was raining and it was kind of an amazing excuse to not do outdoor activities, which I actually am an indoor girl. I'm an indoor cat and I prefer to sit inside watching TV. The unit was on Jersey Shore and was the situation's friend. I think he, like, hooked up with Snooki's friend Ryder, who, again, how could I forget about Snooki and Ryder? And also got arrested for selling ketamine outside of their house at the end of, I think, season five it was, which I've obviously been now going back and rewatching Jersey Shore, which I'm thinking of doing some sort of bonus episode about because the cast of characters are so great. And who f- else forgot that Snooki got punched in the face by a man at a bar? Snooki got into three fights, I believe, in the first season. Like, little Snickers. She is just so cool. I mean, cool, I don't know, but hilarious. That's more like it. So Pete was fired because of this racist post, and so it's a really hideous photo. I'm not posting it anywhere. God knows I'm not trying to get canceled, and I'm not also going to really say the caption on it because it's equally as disgusting and triggering to anybody who would ever see it. And he posted it pretty recently on his Instagram story, and it was a black woman tied in bondage, and implied something that this is why black women choose to date white men. 
it was just disgusting <laughs> from all angles. And so I'm actually pretty proud that Bravo decided to terminate him and now they're going to be changing up the way he is appearing for the rest of the season. I think it's a, definitely a good step. I think as the broader culture is kind of coming to grips with like rampant racism and problematic behavior, I think it's important that our television shows and content and media that we're consuming re reflect that as well. And so I think it's a great idea for them to rejigger the end of the season and kind of get him out. Also, he was just, you know, talking down to Malia immediately upon meeting her. And from that moment, I was like, he is going to be a problem child. I could tell. I definitely wasn't thinking he was going to be posting racist stuff on Instagram, but hey, you really don't know the people, we don't know the people we watch on television. And I, I kind of have said that in past episodes too, where, you know, we can all sit and say, we love this person, we hate this person, we love this person, but we don't know these people behind the scenes. You, we don't know who these people are, who they're voting for, which like, which, you know, is besides the point. But you don't know what these people think or who their parents were or what they were exposed to. So on TV, we say, oh, he's so funny or she's so funny, da 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 And then off screen in real life, the person could be a real terror. And I think it's funny. I think Ramona is obviously a great example of this. Someone who everybody knew she voted for Trump back way back when, when we had the Hillary season. She says all lives matter and everybody is still sucking her dick all over the internet. Oh, fuck. I was supposed... Oh, God. I doubled down. I doubled down. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to clean up my language. It's, it's really difficult. Anyways, I think the editing out is a fast and easy way that the that Bravo can actively take anti-racist steps. And I think the Vanderpump Rules reunion only had one reunion episode before... Stassi and Kristen had the full erasure from Bravo from the Bravo canon so it makes sense that they didn't really edit them out because that would have been like real last minute stuff in addition to Brett and Max who also kind of got tapered off towards the middle of the season and I don't think they were doing testimonials at one point after their hideous tweets came out to the public so I think it's definitely great steps in the right direction and I appreciate that Bravo explained why they were terminated with Stassi and Kristen they were like deuces ladies that's it you know we had no other reasons as to why they were the more I kind of think about it I think Stassi was given so many chances to do better be better behave better hear people listen and she chose not to whereas Kristen I think was just like drunk and stupid in the moment when they were making those calls. And as much as there was malicious intent behind it, we can't forget that Kristen is in love with Brittany and also DL in love with Jax. So I think she has this weird ride or die passion for them and would do anything to go out of her way to protect them, even if what she did was horrible to an African-American woman. But... Who knows? We're going to see more of that, I think, in the coming weeks. And Kristen's boyfriend said something, like, on Instagram. Oh, my God, Kristen. She's an amazing woman. Everybody has no idea what she's been going on through behind, what she's been doing behind the scenes to become a better person. So I'm excited to see what that, <laughs> what that looks like. But, I mean, as much as all of this sucks, it did happen literally the day of her book launch, which is just, like, horrific timing which is also a sign that maybe she shouldn't have written a book but that's besides the point 
So moving on to other people who are potentially on the chopping block, we've got Kelly Dodd from the Real Housewives of OC, who has been uber problematic from the beginning of the pandemic situation. So she has been unwilling to wear a mask for the first, the last few months, was talking about thinning the herd, you know, saying all of these disgusting things about people who were passing away from COVID-19. And now most recently, people have been calling her racist because a clip resurfaced from 2016, which I believe it was with TMZ, where she was like drunk outside of a nightclub, which I do really like. I love seeing housewives smoking cigarettes and being drunk, which by the way, Cedric from Beverly Hills, Lisa Vanderpump's initial puppet, has been posting so much stuff about the Vanderpumps on his Instagram. And I think he's going to like write a tell-all book or like maybe I could produce a podcast for him where it's kind of like like a murder mystery and we kind of find people that the Vanderpump Todds have killed along the way because they have no reason to be multi-cajillionaires. So I mean, there's shadiness going on. And I feel like Cedric knows where the bodies are buried, aka <laughs> the reason why Lisa Vanderbump and Ken were like, let's throw him in the steerage section on a plane and get him the hell out of Beverly Hills and back to wherever he came from, which I don't know where it is because he's been posting crazy things and looks just like a fully different person. Wow, that was a tangent, if I've ever heard it. So on, on TMZ, back in 2016, she was standing outside a bar and the guy was asking her who she's dating and blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, I don't like black guys. I don't even know any black guys. In response to him saying, oh, do you like black guys? Which like, why are TMZ photographers asking random women if they like black men? Like, that's also strange. She ended up responding recently saying, that video does not represent who I am and I apologize for acting irresponsibly. Womp, womp, womp. And then we got more updates from her via Instagram, which a couple weeks ago she said like, I'm done posting on Instagram and then immediately has been posting consistently and has been posting consistently since. So that's just the Kelly Dodd we know and love, inconsistently Kelly. So... She was defending herself to someone saying, oh, she said, oh, you're racist. And she calls herself, I'm a woman of color. I love everybody, blah, blah, blah. And so people have been having a bone to pick with that I'm a woman of color comment because Kelly is Mexican-American, which I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I would technically make her a woman of color. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off base on that. Um, however, just because you're a woman of color doesn't mean you can't be racist towards other colors. Imagine that, you know? And I even think like that phrase B-I-P-O-C, like black, indigenous, other people of color. I even think that's like kind of generalizing people and, and really like taking away the history and the struggles of certain people of color in our country to kind of lump everyone who's not white into one category. I mean, that's beyond this kind of conversation about Bravo, but I just kind of think it's 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 a weird divisive way of talking about people. And I understand like when you're reading articles, it's kind of quick and easy to be like, oh yeah, non-whites. But also I find that to be irresponsible in a way because the plight of a Mexican woman is different than the plight of an African-American woman in this country, in addition to, like, the intersectionality of that. She does a solo episode. She's bringing out that liberal arts degree. Like, I think a lot of people look at feminism 
in a white lens when actually we should be looking at it like in an intersectional lens, which thank you, Mr. Bissell, freshman year of college. I know you're definitely listening to this podcast, but he was definitely a huge person. <laughs> he was really important in my education, but no, he kind of explained the importance of intersectional feminism saying, yes, it's difficult to be a woman, but imagine being a woman who's not white and then double down. Imagine being a woman who is not white, who is also queer. And then imagine being a woman who is not white, queer, and and of different religion. So there are different layers of feminism, and I think a lot of women just focus on white feminism. Where did this come from? Who knew I'd be sitting and talking about intersectional feminism from a conversation that started with Kelly Dodd? Jesus Christ. Anyways, Kelly Dodd, I don't know what's going on. It's a shame that you don't like black men. They're amazing. In addition to all men, I, I <laughs> all men matter. Just kidding. I'm going to get canceled from that one. Kelly's just being reckless. And it's unfortunate because she's been traveling all over the country. She was in Florida for a week, which now has spiked, spiked crazy high numbers of COVID, which, uh, side note, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this more on next week's episode, but Ramona Singer and Avery Singer are both confirmed, uh, both confirmed this week that they are positive with the COVID-19 antibodies. So yeah, it's great. And you know, they were prancing around Florida for months. They just came back to New York. Now she was in Manhattan for a couple days and then moved out to the Hamptons. And so just like, so everybody remembers, like we are still like knee deep in a pandemic and wearing a mask is just kind of kind to the people around you. You don't know if the person at the coffee shop next to you has a husband who is a nurse or a mother that has an autoimmune issue, or children with an autoimmune issue. So wearing a mask is super important. And honestly, if you are a Bravo lover and want to buy a mask, let me go on Instagram and get this girl's masks. She sent me the most beautiful mask. I think her name, Ellie Ink Designs. She makes really cute masks. She sent me one that says, I'm fucking Denise Richards, Kyle, which has definitely turned some heads. (laughs) People look at me. It's kind of like the same as the gold half moon co sweatshirt blocked by jacks on twitter and i mean we have an update on that later in the show uh, about my blockage but we'll get there so i don't know i mean i don't know i don't think kelly's going to get removed off of real housewives of oc she's really the only one who's bringing a, a fair level of crazy and the others are fine and whatever and i mean you know if I don't know. I, I, I don't think she's going anywhere. And I think people should just stop. <laughs> I think people should stop wasting their breath, like begging Bravo to cancel her because she's the only one on the show who's bringing anything. They just got rid of Tamara and Vicky. If they took out Kelly, they'd have to bring back Tamara. Speaking of Tamara, she did say she she thinks she should join the Raw Housewives of New York cast, which like took my breath away. There's no place on earth that Tamara Judge would not fit in more than Manhattan. Once, I mean, if you know this show, you know like I have a bone to pick with Glamis Dunes. When I saw her on a dune buggy, that changed everything to me. It explained a lot. Seeing the dune buggies, I just know for a fact she couldn't make it on New York Housewives. Dorinda is like, I'm hanging out with Desmond Tutu and Hillary Clinton, and my husband was like a Harvard graduate, da 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 <laughs> I mean, she's a raging alcoholic, and all of those things I just said were brought to her by a man, but still, I just think like the kind of person that is a New York housewife is just a little bit different than Tamara. However, I, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking out loud when well, I'm talking into a microphone alone, but I think... Tamara and Ramona probably have a lot more in common than than we'd ever like to think. 
<sighs> God, I feel like I'm talking really fast. Anyways, let's move into some good news. So I'm going to kind of break this episode into good news and bad news. And again, this is all relatively speaking because it depends on what what you think is good news and what you think is bad news. So we first have to start with The Real Housewives of Potomac coming back on August 2nd. That is one month away, one month and a day. So I'm really excited that Potomac's coming back. They were pushed back like probably two months ago or so as COVID became as serious as it is. And I think Bravo had to realize that production is going to have to stop for a lot of cities. I think they had to begin stretching all their content out, which we saw with Roni, which we saw with Beverly Hills. Some of the other nobody shows like Camp Getaways, which is like a really sweet show. It's a bummer. I, I, I hate seeing shows go to the graveyard, but also numbers don't lie and people are not watching. So they got to mix it up. And it's a great concept. So it's a bummer. Wow, my tangents today are beyond belief. This is what happens when I record after a workday. My head is in a thousand different dimensions. So Real Housewives of Potomac coming back August 2nd. I am really excited for this upcoming season. I think it will be interesting. I was talking about this on Grant Rudder's podcast, uh, Grant Rant's Hollywood Talk. Go check that out. I was on it last week. And... We were saying it should be interesting how they're going to position the fight between Candace and Monique because they get into like a physical drag out fight. Someone gets dragged, drag me, pregnant and all. But someone gets, I believe Candace hurts Monique or Monique, I can't fucking remember. I've done this show. Oh my God, I cursed again. I've done a thousand episodes and I forget some of the details, but I wonder how they're going to handle this fight, especially in a time where our country is kind of having like a racial awakening. And it should be interesting how they are going to position a fight between two black women as fodder for conversation. And, you know, they were both brought, they both brought on lawsuits to one another and they both were dropped, thank God. But it will be interesting to see how, They choose to deal with a very delicate situation, and in the teaser, in the trailer, we see Giselle and Karen saying, like, we've worked years to not have the reputation that people want for us being a group of African-American women, and in that moment, we lost that, and kind of gave me chills, and and it's unfortunate that Black women need to feel that way and need to consider situations that they're in to be even more heightened because of the color of their skin. Whereas, you know, we see Margaret and Danielle do hair pulls. We see, you know, I'm trying to think of some other casual fighting. I'm trying to think. Have they gone other fights? Uh, oh, Stassi and Kristen. I mean, they're both in Cancelville. But it's not because they were hitting each other. But, I mean, there are many different occasions where we, like, see past that and you don't think less of that person's character because of what they did. However, horrific racists might look at these women and think differently of them because they're black and doing this. So that was definitely kind of made me think a little bit. Now we're going to have Ashley and Michael's creepy bullshit again. Now their parents which there's nothing I want to see less than a known creep who is like 77 years old become a father. Where did that sperm come from? Where? Please tell me. And I can't believe that beautiful girl has stuck by this, stuck by that guy after all of these years. And when can we cancel him? 
He literally put his hands on production staff. He put his hands on Katie's boyfriend, even though that guy probably kind of wanted it. And he's been consistently creepy throughout the years. He wants to suck Juan's dick, which I do too. So I'm not judging him on that one. But he's been consistently problematic and creepy on the show. Get him off. I don't want Ashley to get fired because she needs the bag. She needs to be making money. I need her to be getting, you know, investments going. I need her to be investing in cryptocurrency, doing whatever she can to extend the money that she's making on Potomac right now, which I don't know how much the ladies of Potomac make, but I can't see it being more than like my corporate salary right now because it Bravo treats them all like shit. So we'll see. We'll have Robin and Juan's engagement, which is just the biggest yawn. We'll get more stuff on Giselle and her husband, her ex-husband, Jamal, who I was reading a New York Times article a couple weeks ago, and they quoted him, which I thought was kind of cool. I'm like, wait, I know that name. Uh, I don't remember what the quote was about, which is <laughs> really telling of how important it was. But we also don't really know what's going on in the life of the Grand Dame. So there was some sort of implication that her and... Uncle Ben, which, like, even saying that is, like, so racist because Uncle Ben is, like, a racial figure. Like, thanks, Aunt Jemima, for changing up your logo. However, the Aunt Jemima family was like, well, we're not going to erase her from our history. She's, like, an iconic black woman. What's the problem? But um, racial iconography is pretty serious and have been exploiting black women and mamies for hundreds of years. Again, on a soapbox liberal arts degree, do not forget it. This podcaster can read. (laughs) What does that even mean? And we also have the newbie on the show, Wendy Osefa, who is a Nigerian-American political commentator. She is like a John Hopkins teacher, gorgeous beyond belief, and I'm excited to see her on the show because the way she goes onto Fox News and reads those fools to Bill is really exciting, and I need some of that energy on the screen. Potomac, coming back August 2nd. You guys have a month, and everybody get back in quarantine, because please, 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 it's important. We have a month. Catch up. It's four seasons. I know how fast people watch Game of Thrones. You should be watching Potomac with the same veracity. Please, I'm telling you. Anyways, moving on. Lauren Workis from Summer House this past weekend got married. Truly, nobody cares. However, I thought her wedding was really beautiful. The Workis sisters were a weird mix of like fun and desperation on the show. They were clearly like fun and sisterly. And I don't have a sister, so whenever I like see sisters being sisters, it kind of excites me. But Lauren's desperation for a man and desperation for Carl, who is like a slob kebab, really always kind of confused me and made me question her own self-worth at her at the time. But luckily for her, she dropped that loser. However, I mean, Carl is sober and looking so goddamn hot. Cara Berry from Everybody's Business But Mine told me she calls her dad key instead of rad key, which like dad key is right. <laughs> Listen to her show too. I don't know. I was really happy for her and her cute little husband. I don't remember what his name is because truly nobody cares. But they had a little quarantine wedding. I think it was like 20 people. They had custom masks, really good looking food. She put on a beautiful white jumpsuit as her like second outfit. And it was really, really cute. And those workers girls have the best boobs. (laughs) That's a period. That's a full stop. That's a full stop. They have great boobs. (laughs) 
Other great news, The Shahs of Sunset season eight reunion is being filmed. It could potentially be a little bit too late considering the series ended. When did this season end? Let me pull up Googie. May 1st. So a whopping two months later, they're deciding to do a reunion show for the last re the recent season, which I think is a great idea because there were so many stones left unturned. What's going on with Reza and MJ? What's going on with Destiny and all the other people she pretends to be friends with? What's going on with Gigi and baby Elijah, who is the most darling little baby? She posted a photo of Reza holding baby Elijah outside of their apartment while wearing masks. And she called Reza a wholesome father figure. And that just threw me for a loop. And I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly confused by that reference. Wholesome father figure generally doesn't shame women for getting 10 abortions. But that's just me. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know many dads. Clearly, I might not know what a wholesome father figure is. But I'm excited for this reunion. Better late than never, I guess. Ali Ashuri is going to be, like, standing outside, like, looking through people of, like, the production door, being like, anybody want me to come in? I got the tweets. I got the texts. I got the texts that Adam sent me. Like, again, let's not pretend like Adam and Reza aren't in an open relationship, which is fine. I love that. If I were less, <laughs> if I were more secure, maybe I would be willing to be in something just like that but I am not. And MJ's husband, Tommy, has the best presence on Instagram. He reads these books to his son. I can't remember what it is called, but they just like read books together. And then he reviews children's books and he just has like the funniest perspective on life. And he is just willing to... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. really go hard in front of his like infant kid and I appreciate that I really really appreciate that we have some other good news which is kind of random Salt Lake City housewives have kind of been silent we have like a couple information we have some information on who the ladies are this Meredith Marks girl and some other randoms but none of them are really talking about it too explicitly because recently their production footage, I guess, got purchased by Shed Media, who is the Real Housewives of New York's producers. And let me see who else, what else they produce. Super Nanny. Oh, Mexican Dynasties, RIP. Seven Days of Sex, that's hot. Basketball Wives, yeah, they've got some big ones. Very big ones. Bethany Ever After. Super Nanny. I loved that show, oh my gosh. 
So they've done a ton of major shows and they recently purchased Salt Lake City's footage, which is a really great sign because I have a feeling whatever production company in Salt Lake City that had this footage probably filmed them without the intention of like making them into psycho housewives, which is an art form. And Shed Media has been doing it for whatever, 10 seasons for the Raw Housewives of New York. So it's a really great sign that Salt Lake City is going to be amazing. Andy Cohen said that they're going to be premiering at the end of the year. However, because I think they're in a production drought, I'm hoping that they can kind of whip something up together, get a show out to us, maybe in early fall. I know that's wishful thinking, but what else do I have to do other than wishfully think about things that potentially could happen? It's the pandemic. Let's not forget. So that was kind of exciting and fun. Um, and then also one other really nice, great thing that happened was Heather Dubrow's daughter, Max, came out as bisexual this weekend. I have a feeling Vicky Gumbelson is shaking in bed somewhere, screaming about this. <laughs> Just kidding, that's so rude. But I think it's really great. And Heather and Terry... And all her siblings commented on the post saying they're so proud of her, and I just think that's great. And Heather seems to be a really good mom, and I'm glad that she's created an environment for her daughter to come out in high school and be bi and proud and embrace who she really is. Then we're moving into the bad news section, which I feel like this is a fucked up way of describing news, good and bad. Again, it's all like based on my own perspective, and so... I guess, I don't know. You guys let me know what you think about this. So Lisa Renna from the Royal Housewives of Beverly Hills recently posted on her Instagram that QVC has threatened to drop her because I guess so many people were reaching out to QVC saying they will never buy her dusters ever again because of her anti-Trump posts on Instagram. Lisa has been surprisingly, surprisingly vocal about her feelings about Trump and the Black Lives Matter movement, and I find it to be great because I agree with her. However, if you don't agree with her, you can find that a little aggressive. And so people started reaching out to QVC, and I guess they kind of slapped her wrist and said, you better chill out on this or else we're going to cancel your deal. And she basically kind of said, you know, I need to provide for my family. So unfortunately, like, I am being silenced. However, Everybody knows how I feel, and I, and I won't stop feeling that way if I don't post as much about it. It's because it's to secure the bag, and I don't know. I guess that's a kind of difficult situation to be in. I understand where she's coming from and in, in not posting those things because she said on the show, like, a night at QVC is, like, a year's worth of work for her and Harry to not have to do or some incredible number. So I can understand why cutting ties with a company like QVC would be pretty detrimental to her income. And frankly, I just think like a lot of probably middle America is shopping on QVC because just less access to like malls with higher end shops and whatnot. So she probably has to be a little bit cognizant of that fan base. And I mean, trust me, like I'll say one negative thing about Trump on this show and I'll get 20,000 emails. And so I cannot even imagine at her scale what the backlash is like and how many people must have reached out to QVC for them to, to threaten to pull her, her from the program. And also recently they've been kind of under fire again for a 
costume that Harry Hamlin wore a couple years ago with a swastika on it. I think they were doing like Sid and Sid Vicious and whatever. Um, but it was at a George Clooney party back in 2015 and Harry apologized back then. People were not happy with that and so they were trying to bring it back up again. And then a bunch of people were like, Andy, why aren't you responding? Blah, 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 blah. And he was like, we beat that up four years ago, so it's not really relevant to keep bringing up. They apologize and we're moving on. So, so I mean, if, if Andy says it's done, he is the judge and he is the jury. But, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, I think to ignore politics right now, I think, is kind of, like, ethically wrong. I think people really need to be taking a look at the things that our government have been feeding us for our entire lives and thinking, you know, maybe some of those things have systematically been, have disproportionately been benefiting certain people. And I think people just need to open their eyes. And also wearing a mask is not a political statement. Just because our Cheeto in chief will not wear a mask because it affects his manhood and might actually just like make creases in his spray tan, I think that might be the real reason, does not mean it's a political statement. So let's drop that everybody because that is just pure foolishness. Other bad news is that Eva Marcel is leaving Real Housewives of Atlanta after three seasons of being on the show. It makes sense. She's got like a ride-or-die husband, 300 cute-ass kids. What does she need to be doing on Atlanta? And she was famous before the show. This probably elevated her and put her back in the cultural zeitgeist. But she never really brought anything to the show to put her on like Housewives Hall of Fame. So sad to see her go, but also could frankly not care at all. And then potentially the people are saying Nini is gone, Cynthia is gone, but Yovana is in. I need answers, bro. I need answers. And I think, if anything, a cash shakeup would be nice. I don't know if we need Phaedra back, which is what everybody else is angling for, but she has given us some amazing moments. Like, remember when that, when that kid, when her kid Aiden was born? I can't think if it was Aiden or the other one. The first kid, Mr. President, and they had 12 birthday cakes for the 12 months that he's been born. Like, she had the pickle photo shoot. And then we also got to see, like, a very sad downfall of her atrocious husband threatening to, like, do all these horrific things and, like, threatening her in that garage with, like, a drill in his hand. So we got to see, like, a lot, the full cycle of Fraser Parks. But I think, um, I don't think we need her back. I think Atlanta does need a cash shakeup. Portia's amazing. I really like Tanya. 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 I don't know why I cannot ever fucking say it right. Love Kenya. Love Marlo. Cynthia, yeah, has a new man's and she probably is going to go be with him, which good. She should. Other truly horrific bad news was Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules opened up that she suffered a miscarriage. Couple weeks ago, she opened up on her podcast recently. Who like also her podcast? I've never really listened to it. I only listened to one episode where she was talking about how she never has had an orgasm. Because I was like, I need to hear that for myself. <laughs> and then I just like went on it a couple weeks ago to like look at her reviews because I like to look at people's reviews just to see what the, what the critics are saying. And. She has the worst reviews, so if you don't, so after you go and give me a five-star rating and leave a little review, clearly I'm desperate, go and leave Sheena one, because she's going through a lot right now, and she has, like, a two-star rating on iTunes. It's really sad, but she opened up that she had a miscarriage with her boyfriend Brock a couple weeks ago. Obviously, she was absolutely devastated, and I was 
so heartbroken when I heard this news. Sheena is such a sweetie and has wanted to be a mom and has openly talked about wanting to be a mom. Did the whole egg freezing journey last year. And so, you know, freezing your eggs is kind of like the just like for the, you know, freezing your eggs is a huge thing to do in the first place. And it's a very big indicator that this person wants to have children. And she's still in her early 30s. So I'm not sure how this baby was conceived, which like, that's none of my goddamn business and none of our listeners business either. But she, yeah, I guess just suffered this miscarriage. And it's really devastating. And I can't imagine the toll that that takes on a woman. And I want to be a mom one day. And I fear that a lot. And I I wonder, um, you know, I, I, I fear that a lot. That's, that's really all I can kind of say. Anyways, speaking of, I mean, this isn't bad news. Stassi Schroeder confirmed last week that she's pregnant and now she has broke her silence on Instagram with a picture of herself and Bo holding up a onesie that says OOTD that is pink implying that she is having a baby. Let's just put gender stereotyped colors onto your kid already. I think the fact that Stassi posted that picture is just so incredibly tone deaf to everything that's going on surrounding her right now. Not only is OOTD not fetch, it is not going to happen, Stassi. I want to shake you and I want to tell you that. I want to shake you when the baby is not in you because I do not want to get arrested. But I want you to know that you have a platform to address the things that you have done and that you have said and to go completely above and beyond to not mention any of that stuff, to post this picture showing a little baby bump, to post the outfit of the day as if like your daughter will have nothing else to do with her life than post a selfie of herself in a mediocre outfit, but taking no responsibility for the hurt that she's caused other people is really frustrating. And again, like we've said on this show, Stasi will bounce back. Of course she will. Louis C.K. was jerking off in hotel rooms and on plants like a year ago. And now he's back doing comedy clubs. And people found back regardless of the shit that they say and regardless of their actions and their opinions. And also, if Saucy is really a racist, then she's lucky because there's a lot of horrible racists in this country that will support her. So whatever side of history that you are on, you will have people supporting you and not supporting you. And, you know, hopefully you just kind of look back when you're with your grandkids taking OOTD pictures and say, oh, maybe I was on the right side of history. But I think Stassi, unfortunately, is on the wrong side. Speaking of wrong side of history, I watched that Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix, which was absolute trash. It was a four episode thing. I don't remember what it was called. Fucking dirty, rich, money, pedophile, whatever. And it was just such a poorly made, <laughs> it was a poorly made documentary. It was a four-part series and every single episode was basically the exact same. There was no arc, there was no story, but that's also just like me looking at things from a producer's lens. But one thing that I found out when I was watching this was that Roy Black, Leah Black from the Real Housewives of Miami's husband, defended Jeffrey Epstein in the first case that he was ever in that involved him raping and abusing like 15 young girls in the Palm Beach area. It was so disgusting. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein is the definition of white privilege. If you need to get a refresh on what role white privilege is, read about Jeffrey Epstein, read about the things that he got away with and that our country did to protect a pedophile who had abused hundreds of young women in the West Palm Beach area. 
And the more I started realizing about that stuff, I was thinking, like, I wonder if Tinsley knows Jeffrey Epstein. She was a Palm Beach girl. And now I know the difference between Palm Beach and West Palm Beach. And I know that was a whole thing with, like, Luann and and Tinsley a couple seasons ago. But now that I watch that Jeffrey Epstein doc, I really am like, yeah, no, Palm Beach is crazy. That's where Epstein and, like, Tinsley lived. And then West Palm Beach is the, quote, other side of the tracks. Granted, like, are there even trains there? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I kind of saw that and that made me not really like Leah Black. It made me kind of think that a lot of her money is blood money and I don't fuck with that. I don't fuck with that. And I like that Leah Black is open about her politics and what she believes and what she feels. However, you sleep in bed next to a man who defended Jeffrey Epstein. So that's a big problem for me. Bad news also comes for Jax Taylor. Oh, God. Oh, God. I should have actually put him on the chopping block section because a lot of people want him chopped and blocked. <laughs> Speaking of blocked by Jax, I went onto Instagram the other day, scrolling, 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 and I come across Jax Taylor's post. Jax Taylor blocked me on Instagram, and I guess unblocked me. I've been a really good girl, clearly. Not not tagging him in rude things, being kind, I guess. And I think he's probably going back and just trying to like allow some people back in to be like, look at me, I'm gonna post purple hearts and purple crosses because I love Jesus and I love love and I love my wife more than anything on this planet. So I just was really, really excited by that. But Jax also recently was unfollowed by Randall Emmett and I wonder what that's about. However, Lala is the biggest definition of a flip flopper. Lala doesn't care who you are, as long as you can offer her something. This past season, we saw her defending Jax and Brittany because I think she was thinking that they were the married ones, they're mature, they were the first ones to get a house, they had all, actually no, they might not have been the first ones, I can't think of, Tom and Ariana might have been the first ones to get a house. But regardless, Lala was all up in their camp, Randall and Jax were friends, and now after everything that's been going on in the world, and Jax kind of implying racially insensitive things towards 90 Day Fiance cast members, and all of this screwed up stuff, I think they probably were like, we're not gonna be hanging out with you anymore. I do think that Jax and Randall will probably be eating double fried chicken sandwiches again together someday, but someday, but not anytime soon. Jax recently was a part of the major, major liquor company on par with Bethany's skinny girl, Just Add X, supposedly dropped him. Lance Bass is now disowning Jax and their business partnership and the time that he officiated his wedding. Let's not forget Lance Bass. You can't now say, oh, Jax is canceled. I don't like Jax because everybody else is saying it. Bro, you flew to Kentucky. You probably skipped to Kentucky to be on television to officiate their wedding after knowingly replacing a homophobic pastor. The whole thing was so twisted. And I think if we're really going to talk about these shows doing better, then maybe Lance should have had a conversation with Jackson Brittany saying, hey, like, this is why some of the things that he said were really hurtful. And they would actually listen to him because he is a quote-unquote celebrity. Tom Sandoval, they think they could walk all over, so they weren't going to listen to him. I tried to listen to Lance Bass's podcast where he talked about this, but my God, does he not have a voice for radio? Again, I'm sitting here talking to myself at 48 minutes. Like, what am I even talking about? 
but at least I think I might and hope I have a voice for radio. I really tried to listen and I could not get anywhere in this episode. It's pathetic. So yeah, he disowned him, and I guess the, the Just Add X website was hacked, showcasing some hateful slurs, which Jax felt horrible about. Which like DL, Jax did it, even though like I definitely don't think he could ever like create a Squarespace account and then start like hacking into it, let alone like even have access to a company that he's investing in like social or website <laughs> but like I don't know I'm not surprised that Lance ended up canceling this partnership I think Jax is just going to be on the cutting room floor for a lot of these deals that he's kind of working on and like where's Mamma's beer cheese that is something I would embarrassingly buy maybe before all of this stuff happened but honestly if a listener if a kind kind listener who still supports them wants to send me the beer cheese when it comes out I'm not going to say I'm not going to eat it. I feel like I've never even had, I don't know, I've had beer and cheese once, but it was like in a weird restaurant when I was like seven years old. And I thought it was cool because I was eating beer, like, which is so problematic. And my show's called Bravo Happy Hour. Do I have a drinking problem? I don't know. But I would eat that beer cheese. And I think I would eat it with a soft pretzel, <laughs> which I know that's where everyone thought I was going with that one. So moving on to other horrible mess. We also have the one and only Katie Maloney Schwartz, who is starting a new podcast called You're Gonna Love Me with Katie Maloney, which is hilarious considering she knows everybody hates her. So I think this is going to be like her redemption tour. The <laughs> It's from Dear Media too, which like, no comment. The intro says, a bitch, a mean girl, a bully. There's not many names Katie has not been called. You're Gonna Love Me is a podcast that's going to open up the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged hopefully she'll be talking to plenty of familiar faces including those who have shown some sh thrown some shade spent some time in the shade or just enjoy the shade what the fuck who wrote this after all this is a conversation that involves everybody why do we judge what is the criteria for who gets to judge and why none of us are perfect we're all just human so let's just spend a little time less time judging and a little more time loving this is hilarious because Stasi's intro to her podcast was like this podcast is what I do best judge <laughs> No one's gonna listen to this shit. I'm definitely not going to. She had like a teaser come out on June 3rd, but no episodes since. So Katie, where are you? I really want to learn how to not judge because of you. <laughs> she had a 35 second teaser and already 268 reviews, which you guys, I've been doing this for a year and nine months and I have like 400 and like a bunch of them are bad. So if you have a heart and care about me, go and leave a nice review because they really mean a lot to me. Oh my god, people are so savage ready. <laughs> Someone writes, who wants to listen to dead face fat Katie whine about pathetic life and husband that isn't attracted to her? Haha. <laughs> Damn. I have a feeling if I click that person's name, they're gonna like show up on mine being like, dumb bitch laughs too much. Not funny. Someone told me on a comment, don't listen to this podcast. Go to Instagram and read comments by celebs. And I never even heard of them. And then I started following them. I'm like, we don't do anything the same, but okay, good to know. Thanks for putting down all my hard work. Oh, wow. So she was supposed to come out with an episode, I guess, on June 19th. And that's nowhere to be found. We'll see. I'll subscribe. Let you guys know how it is. And then we have a couple little more things. One more thing. Southern Charm is filming. Season 7 is reportedly filming all throughout Charleston right now, which, again, is another hot spot for coronavirus. So Shep Rose put a condom on and a mask on, just stay home. Stay home for a very long time. 
But they were coming back, and we were spotted seeing Danny, the blondie, who's always been a perpetual friend of, filming with a couple people. Leva Bonaparte was one of the people she was filming with, and she is Cam's friend, who they both were pregnant at the same time with their first kids, and they were friends, and we saw her on the show a bunch, and she's beautiful, and they were spotted at some event in Charleston that was featuring Black Lives Matter speakers talking about how they wanted to remove some statues of none other than John C. Calhoun, which let's not forget the irony in the situation that Catherine Dennis, Danny's (laughs) ex-BFF, is his descendant. So they were at this event and they were spotted filming, which is incredibly inappropriate because coming from a show that has never once addressed the racial history of the city that they're built on is now trying to take advantage of the moment that we're in right now and film that show at a very special event with a lot of people in the community who were fighting for justice. And I understand a lot of people are going back and forth between what these statues mean to certain people and how you're erasing history. However, for African-American people and for people in general in this country to see statues of John C. Calhoun, Robert E. Lee, or some of these men who aggressively fought for slavery, that it's very difficult to be reminded consistently, whether it's the name of your school or the statue that is near the library or whatever, that the area where you live in still believes that the message of those politicians remain present in current day is very difficult. And so I do I do think that some of these statues have got to go. And you know what? There could be a happy medium. Go to a Confederate museum in the middle of bumfuck, bumblefuckville. And my cursing, goddamn, I'm almost at an hour. I gotta end this shit. So, yeah, they're spotted filming, so we should see. I mean, I don't want I don't want to see Danny Bard or whatever her name is talking about race. And you could see her in the video and the pictures. She's standing with her arms crossed, like very close to her chest. You can kind of tell she's uncomfortable. And even other people at the event were like, "How goddamn inappropriate that they're filming a reality show at a at a conversation. I want to say a protest or rally because it was neither of those things, but just a conversation about taking these statues down just it seems like they're kind of hijacking the moment for themselves and for ratings which is kind of ridiculous like let's not exploit important moments in a community with a bullshit reality show we also have some other stuff craig conover's pillows are now being sold on qvc so make room lisa rinna if you keep talking about trump craig conover might steal your night slots which is, that's good for him and he's also kind of planning this thing i saw i don't know if it ended up happening but it's a black lives matter bowling tournament I love Craig and his random hobbies, but I really don't think a bowling tournament is going to end race issues within our country. He is really sweet, though. He was like, police officers, community organizers, protesters, anyone who wants to be involved can come and bond with someone who they might not have a chance to talk with. And, like, bowling is a really neutral activity, and so people might really have fun. And so everyone should do it. And I don't know if that ever happened, but, hey, I would get some gutter balls with Craig Conover. I would ask him to put bumpers on because I'm a horrible bowler and I give up pretty quickly. So I need, (laughs) I need bumpers or else I'm out. What else? What else? What else? What else? I feel like I had one more good thing. 
Oh, one other thing. Shep has a new girlfriend, Taylor Ann Green. She's 27, soon to be my age, and Shep is 40. So good for her. She's really cute, but it does look like a creepy father-daughter relationship. And now that I'm looking at their age difference, yeah, if, if Shep was banging at 13, which, like, it wouldn't put it past him, he could be her daddy. Daddy! <laughs> Okay, that brings me to the end of this episode of Bravo Happy Hour. I cannot believe I talked for 57 minutes. I actually really enjoyed doing a bonus episode. I, I really enjoyed doing a solo episode. I've been a little bit over the show for the past few months, and I think this kind of reinvigorated me a little bit. Well, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. There's going to be a news episode and a bonus episode. And I also was able to sign some deals. So I'm going to have some pretty good ads. So don't mind any ads that are coming in and out of the show. Uh, that makes the show able to happen and come out on time and all of those good things. And hey, I'm trying to go freelance in 2021. So I need to save every dollar I can possibly make. And especially, I want this show to grow, more people to hear it. So tell your friends, tell your, I was going to say tell your mom, but maybe don't tell your mom. Tell your cousin, tell your cousin to tell her boyfriend's little sister. And let's spread the word. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the listeners. And follow me on social too, because I think those numbers kind of matter to someone. They don't matter to me, but they matter to someone. All right, thanks for listening. Bye.